0: Rewinding Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. If it's rare, it's on Kaya. Kaya FM 95.9, home of the Afropolitan. Start your
1: Saturday, your Saturday with Jenny from 9 to 11 a.m. on Kaya FM.
0: 95.9. Well, Vuzi Tembukwai is making waves internationally as a thought-provoking business leader from the continent with many ideas on solving economic issues in South Africa. He's also a business strategist who believes in African economic freedom. So who better to review a leadership book And the leadership book has got such a boast to it. It is leadership without, I'm not saying without effort, but it is leadership in a new way. And I just thought, looking at it, I couldn't find anyone better than Vuzi Tempequai, who was sitting opposite me. So, Vuzi, I don't know what you thought of this book, but as soon as I saw it, and I saw... I saw the sort of the boast on the cover why you don't need to be in charge to inspire others and make change happen and then you've got uh, ariana Huffington Mm. um, the founder and CEO of thrive global and she Mm. is waxing lyrical about it Mm. but are you waxing lyrical about this book I thought the book itself is
1: tricky because the concept is simple but It's only if you really understand management that you realize how complex it actually is. So the author posits that you don't need position or authority to lead. What you need is a spirit of leadership, which sounds great. Yeah, academically, it's like, yeah, sounds spirit of leadership. But then the question is so, how do you do it mechanistically? Organizations, particularly when they get larger, need mechanisms to manage the complexity. And so, what the author gets into in this book is how do you design deliberate tools, systems, and modalities to implement the spirit of leadership that doesn't require position? So, from that perspective, it's absolutely brilliant.
0: And I mean is it is it achievable? Because it it sounds it sounds very academic and there's a huge yeah. difference between academic thought yeah. and down on the ground.
1: It it's not unachievable. And this is <laughs> so so I, I want to answer your question this way. It's not unachievable, it's just not fully attainable. So it's one of those things where there is a continuous quest to achieve it. And and the reason that is in part is because when we Construct organisms like organizations, we typically tend to think about how do we put the best people in the places of the highest leverage. The book says not only do you need to think about how do you put the best people in the places of the highest leverage, but you also need to put people with the best intent and the greatest amount of upside potential in spaces where they can discover that potential and or implement that intent. So the one part is easy. That's the mechanistic part. Great, good people, good position, easy. So what do I find these good people with good intent? And how do I design an operating world where they can do this, right? So in the book, the author talks, for instance, about Zappos. And I remember doing Zappos as a case study when I was doing my EMBA, And we had the CEO of Zappos come and speak to us at at the class. And they we'd done a whole Harvard Review case. And I just couldn't believe the things he was saying about how he runs his business, because it's not, particularly as a South African, it's not the model of management I was taught i was taught top-down command and control uh, limitations of authority militaristic and this kind of very give people the the ability and the authority mm. and trust them I thought, well it's completely counterintuitive it's not how i would do it but it works and, and just a, a final note for you, the author makes the point in the book that in the new world, it's the only way to do it. And I, on this, I agree with him. He, he argues that the world is changing so fast that command and control can't manage the rate of change. And so what happens is you end up commanding and controlling the world as you imagined it to be, or worse, trying to force a world of, of work that doesn't fit into the new reality. But either way, command and control doesn't work in that space.
0: And the world, in any event has changed. All you've got to do is, as you were talking, I, all I could think of is Donald, yeah. like Donald Trump. Donald Trump, Donald <laughs> Trump. Because because he wants to remould the world. He doesn't mm. have the intellect to do it in, in, in any other way mm. other than by force and mm. by, by lying. Mm. So, so you can't. We don't live in a militaristic um, society anymore, mm. I hope. <laughs> um, and I love the idea of nurturing people so that they can see that they too have got leadership. But what do you do... Because not everybody has leadership qualities and not everybody wants to be a leader.
1: This is it. And so the, so the, the, the dichotomy, I suppose, is that m- most people actually want to be, to be led, right? And so the book, whilst the theory is correct, is aimed at those who want to lead, it doesn't talk to the overwhelming majority of people in society who want to be led they don't people don't really wake up in the morning wanting to d- to think about which side of the road do I drive on. They want to know left hand side of the road right hand side of the car and somebody's got to design those rules and make those rules into law and law into society so that we can all function so the book is not aimed at those people it's aimed at the outliers of society who want to lead but the and it makes the point to the outlier that if you want to lead in a world it's fast-changing the instruments of the current world of work won't allow you to do it and so what it does is it says these are the tools you can use to lead and this is so important without causing offense Because often what happens when new people try to lead a new direction in a new way is it causes umbrage. The old people and the old way of doing things uh, don't like that. And this is often why you hear people say, this is how we do things here. And so what he does in the book, and it's very clever, is he talks about this concept of co-elevation. This idea that rather than conspire to remove, you can elevate people to operate at a different level. And you can actually do it without their permission. It's brilliant. Give me an idea. So, for instance, in the book, he talks about he is at the time he was a one of two uh, two deputies, one in Europe. He was in North America, of a hoteling group called Starwood, which is a large hoteling group, a Fortune five hundred company in the U.S. And he he says, um, and his European counterpart didn't particularly take to him. And what he did was he deferred to position. He said, "Well, I'm in North America." I've got a bigger budget, therefore you do what I say. Until the big boss left and the shareholders voted in the European counterpart as the boss. And so all of a sudden, the person to whom he was reporting was the person that he had caused offense to. And he learned then that he needed a different way of doing things. In any event it eventually doesn't work out he leaves that organization and goes on to do other things but later on he finds himself in exactly the same situation this time he's built a fairly successful startup and he's merging with another startup and he's thinking about so how do i make sure this doesn't happen again so he says what he did was he looked at the deficiencies of the counterparty leader and he played for those deficiencies to help the other guy win So rather than say, this is how we do things, he he basically went to the other guy and said, this is what I'm going to do for you. And in the process, I'll do it with you. And before you know it, you will operate the way I want us to operate because it'll work. It's harder. It takes longer. And he makes a brilliant point in the book. He says, the reason people don't co-elevate but rather defer to authorities because it's easier. I'm the boss. You will do exactly as I say
0: and not everybody's a strategic thinker exactly because you need to be a strategic thinker to carry that out successfully exactly and it's not not a hurried thing either.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean it, it takes time so he talks about these these six constructs in the book um, and these these are constructs that basically hold back uh, leaders who have the potential to lead like this, but don't and the very first one jumped out at me and it's, it's so simple it's ignorance. So he, he makes the point that it's not that you're incapable, it's that you are too lazy to discover what you're capable of. You're just ignorant, Mm -hmm. and a big part of that, he argues in the book, is the ability to, as he calls it, collaborate with people in verticals that with which you don't converge. So, for instance, if you are a an accountant, spend some time with opera singers. Mm -hmm. If you are an engineer, spend some time with people in deep sea diving, Mm -hmm. and there might be opportunity to learn something Mm -hmm. new or be inspired in a new way. The second one I thought was interesting was laziness. He says we're all just we're lazy we defer to position and authority because we're too lazy we're too lazy to rethink reimagine especially once an organization has built this organogram right this i mean it's it's the bane of many of us who leads existence the first thing typically managers will show you is an organogram almost the idea that the world will fit perfectly into their structure and it just doesn't mm. right so and you see it often with outlier events he makes the point in the book outlier events typically occur at the um, intersection of two disciplines. Um, I need to find a way of saying this more simply. So, so 9-11 was an outlier event, complete mm-hmm. outlier event. Mm-hmm. But for the aviation industry, they had no model to predict whether or not a 9-11 would happen it just hadn't been mm-hmm. thought of they never imagined it mm-hmm. so the question is is 911 an aviation risk issue or is it a national sovereign intelligence risk issue because both intersect see the cia knew about 911 but they didn't do anything about it because they didn't think the risk was imminent. The aviation industry was not aware of 9-11, but they flagged the pilots who went and got the training because they didn't attend the landing classes. These two worlds did not meet and have a conversation to understand the imminence of the risk. It's a very common trait about the rate at which the world moves at the intersection is often where the biggest opportunity and risk is. And so he makes the point that if you're lazy... And you're not looking outside of your own vertical. You're going to completely miss the opportunity to lead without position and to co-elevate your partners.
0: So, so a question. I mean, I think it sounds fascinating. Um, so is this going to alter your, your way of, of management in any way at all? Are there tools there that you're going to be able to, to use? There was one here that really offended me. Offended you? It really just did.
1: He said... One of, the, one of the faults of managers of the old world is they use deference. And he says, you'll hear people say things like, that's above my pay grade. And I thought, wait, I have people in my own team say that all the time. That really worried me. Or, or, or somebody who'll say, That's not my call. I thought, so and 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 the point he makes is this. He says that. If you are building an organization with leaders who want to lead in the new world, then call and pay grade are constructs of the old world. Yes. Right. That's the minute it's above your pay grade or is not your call to make is precisely when that sense of curiosity should kick in. So here's why I was offended because I had to confront that I'm actually quite the militaristic leader. Mm. Like I've set up my organization to be efficient, which means people do what they're told, when they're told. Mm -hmm. Now we're a complex organization in financial services, so we employ incredibly smart people who have stuff to do. But because we're in a regulated space, I don't have a lot of leeway with creativity. I can't break the rules and say, well, I was being creative, I'll lose my license. He makes the point in the book that that's just an excuse. Mm He says, actually, you, he says, as he, as he puts it here, compliance and creativity are not mutually exclusive. I thought, absolutely fascinating. So the, the argument he makes and the test for great leaders is you, first you're deferring to authority because you're just lazy. Mm-hmm. You don't want to think about a new way of doing things. And secondly, you are now creating a culture of people who defer. And then because they defer, you end up having to make all the decisions which is why as a leader you're constantly stressed constantly overworked you're never sleeping because you haven't given your people the playground to make decisions right so it's it's interesting because you would have to adopt it as a way of working before you felt the impact but you would only adopt it as a way of working because you needed an impact you don't yet feel it's uh it's you'd have to trust the process is what i'm saying
0: I think it sounds absolutely fascinating. And and in a society like ours, which is top down, mm-hmm. and it is structured, mm-hmm. highly mm-hmm. structured, mm-hmm. I wonder whether COVID, this is my final sort of question stroke point, I wonder whether that COVID lockdown, which had people working from home mm-hmm. for the first time for extended periods of time, yeah. and mm-hmm. one of the things that Bill Gates is incredibly strong on and, uh, and Harvard in, incredibly strong on, is actually giving staff time. And I think (laughs) the number of staff who've now tasted the bitters between their teeth, whether they're allowed to gallop or not, is another matter altogether. But none of them want to go back to a structured regime like the one they had.
1: He talks in the book about this idea of indulgence. So he he argues, he says, who said that work has to be constant and consistent labour? Work is also indulgence. So who's to say you can't have fun? And then he talks about this um, world of the industrial revolution, right? This industrial complex of an eight to five world of work stationed in a particular workstation with a fixed construct of work. He says, well, that doesn't have to be the case either. Mm-hmm. Actually, he argues work is output and availability. So being available when you're needed for the task, and giving the desired output that's designed by the organization. But when you do so is not really as important. And more importantly, where you do so is not important at all. So he argues in the book that leaders of the new world have to think about creating worksplaces that allow human beings to be human, to be indulgent, as he makes the point. It's a a fascinating book, really is.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And it was good to see you again.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Saturdays with Jenny. With
0: Jenny every Saturday from, from 9, nine to eleven, to 11 AM.
1: a.m. on Kaya FM ninety-five point nine.
0: So, if you want to go out and buy that book, or at least at the very least borrow it, and uh, that I mean, I think Vusi, I think I think he said to me uh, after the first chapter, I'm not sure this is for me, and I said, well, please. You, least read three chapters and he did and then fell in love with it as you can hear so the title of the book and it's paperback so it's not going to set you back a great deal so it's leading without authority and it's by a guy called Keith Farazi and uh, you also there's also uh, a hardcover Uh, copy, which will be more expensive than the paperback, and it's published by Crown, and it is available. And uh, coming up next, well, I mean, we are looking forward uh, to the hour that comes after 10 o'clock, which is one of my favorite uh, hours, which, I mean, I've only got a choice of two. Um, So uh, just uh, just stay tuned for that, and um, we're going to kick in with uh, Heidi Wariker who's the general manager of the vegan and plant powered show it really is going to be a hit i think rewinding rewinding kaya fm on fm rewind visit kayafm.co.za for more